Hey guys, it's Becca. Hey, it's Nancy. And this is Insane Investigations. Thank you all for joining us on episode four. Yeah, I know. Uh, four done, only like 70 more to go. We have like a <laughs> list of like 70 odd potential topics. Yeah, well actually... People in work gave me like five or six more Never today, mind. Make that so. 75 now. <laughs> yeah, so. Maybe 76. But yeah, so today we're going to be covering the case of the Amityville murders. So the name Amityville might sound like really familiar. So basically this is like a notorious house based out in the US. We're going to get into it. But there was like a movie and all based out. You probably heard of it like the Amityville Horror House or the Amityville Horror. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it, believe no. it or not. No, oh my God, no way. I'm going to watch it. The so. new remake, I'm pretty sure, has I think, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I don't think I could take him seriously. Is it Ryan Reynolds? What's that? I love Ryan Reynolds, but like he's he's funny. Okay, I'm gonna. And he's I, dead. I, I need to Google this because it's gonna piss me off. So just bear with me one minute. So it's also the original Ryan Reynolds. No and way. And he play, plays like the main character in it as well. That's which is mad. Really cool. And it is. It's like a serious film. It's like a horror film. Yeah. But that film isn't based off this story, isn't it? It's the family that moved in after. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it all kind of starts off with the story, yeah. and they do touch on the story at the very start. But we're not talking about the movie today. Oh no, no. we're gonna go into the horror on a different episode. Yes. But today, we're actually gonna talk about the actual true. We're gonna talk about case. the true case that inspired the likes of the Amityville Horror movie. Yeah. So I'm gonna set the scene. Okay, it was Wednesday, the 13th of November, 1974. This happened. I'm putting on my spooky voice, by the way. <laughs> At 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville in Long Island, USA. First, we're going to go a little bit into the town of Am- Amityville. So, Again, I've done no research for this. The town of Am- Amityville, it was a quiet community. So it settled in the late 1600s. The name Amityville literally means friendship. Is that not so cute? That is really That's not cute. really relevant to the story. I just thought that was really cute fact to throw in there. But yeah, so... You know, nice little peaceful, small community. Not really like the type of place where a lot of crimes happen, right? So basically this is why this incident like literally took the whole town by like storm. Nobody expected this. And now that, like I said, the actual house that this all happened in is like infamous to this day. Like people go over specifically to visit this house. There's like paranormal investigators that will do like overnight stays at the house and they'll do okay. like, like yeah. that was my next question does really? anybody live in this house <laughs> actually Obviously not. i don't i don't think anybody lives in it at the moment as far as i know i think they turn it in like some type of museum or it's like privately yeah. well owned if people are doing like overnighters in it and stuff like i'd have to assume yeah it's owned i don't know i can look into that though but no i don't i don't know off the top of my head but I'm pretty sure. I'd imagine it's just privately owned and people just kind of use it. Yes. Yeah. Back in 1974, there was a family that lived in the Amptville house. And their name was the DeFeo family, right? Okay. From the outside, kind of looking in, the family seemed normal. They lived a happy life. You know, their neighbours described them as a nice, normal family. There was nothing, like, out of the ordinary about them. The family consisted of Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Louise DeFeo. They were the parents. And they had five kids. Pretty Big family, but I suppose for the 70s, that would have been kind of the standard. Probably would have been a small family, to be fair. To be fair, yeah. So, there are five children. There was Ronald Jr., named after his dad. There was Don, Alison, Mark, and John Matthew. So, the DeFeos lived in a gorgeous Dutch colonial home, and the address was 112 Ocean Avenue. They named the house High Hope. So, it literally had a sign outside that said High Hope. This house was absolutely gorgeous. We'll link photos in our Instagram. I have to say, it looks nice. It had its own swimming pool, and it also had, like, a nearby boat dock. So, literally, at the back of the house, there was, like, a lake. They had, like, their own little kind of boathouse, like, on their land. It was, like, really, really nice. Just to give you, again, just 
a picture of like how bougie this family was. <laughs> Inside the house, they had life-size portraits of the whole family hung on the wall. So this was like a custom painted piece. Like literally what? back Victorian style. <laughs> ish like the stuff you'd see in castles oh. these guys just had in their little house with a bow house and a swimming pool and all the rest so like any kids dream home then yeah literally neighbours and people around who knew the family they described them as a kind loving family but behind closed doors the family was the polar opposite so we're gonna go into Ronald DeFeo senior so the dad so he managed an auto dealership which means that from managing an auto dealership you're not gonna make the most money definitely not enough money to afford this huge house and all the rest a lot of their money they actually got from louise so his wife father he was a man named michael Bergante, and he purchased the family home for them so the family previously lived in like this teeny tiny apartment in brooklyn so this was like such a change of pace for them moving out to like this quiet community friendly people friendly neighbours like picture picture perfect home Brigante also gave his son-in-law $50,000 a lot of money for the family portraits to be painted once again not really relevant to the story but just to give you an idea of like from somebody not knowing the full ins and outs of the functioning of that family yeah. you'd be like whoa these guys are living it up yeah 50 grand 50 grand that's like that's insane i put that towards down payment on a mortgage which is <laughs> 50k anyway so basically for all the wealth and luxury that his family kind of now are getting used to ronald also known as big ronnie sorry i just found this so funny <laughs> so big did ronnie. i i actually did read that somewhere and yeah. i thought that it was so funny yeah so ronald was big ronnie so if i ever for the big Ronnie, we're talking about Ronald Senior, the dad. So for all the wealth and luxury and all the nice things he had, he loved to show it off. In true, very little of all the things he could afford or you know apparently afforded did he actually pay for himself yeah a lot of it was from louise's dad on top of him being like this major show-off big ronnie was also known as an abusive and violent man and unfortunately he would often take his anger out on his eldest child which was ronald jr ronald jr had his own nickname as well he was nicknamed butch once again if i start referring to butch later on i think in some bits i do have him down as butch some some bits i refer to him as ronald jr so if i switch between the two i'll try my best to kind of keep it the same as Butch got older the arguments between him and his dad got worse and unfortunately as if Butch didn't really already have like a bad enough home life and skill it wasn't much better of course why is it always the kids who have a shitty home life too I know I feel like they're always either the ones to bully or get bullied yeah that is actually quite true so Butch's main reason for getting bullied was because he was overweight kids are nasty man like kids would call him things like pork chop or the blob. Yeah. By the time he was a teenager, he ended up losing like a lot of his weight, like due to all this like bullying and stuff. He became reliant on amphetamines and alcohol as a coping mechanism from like yeah. all his trauma. That's so sad, man. Like what age was he when this happened? So he would have been a teenager now, so I, there wasn't like any specific age, but by the time he got into like his teen years That is he rough, was already like though. That is yeah. so rough. Obviously now He's a teenager, so there's obviously the usual teenage hormones involved. Um, and then on top of that, he's also addicted to amphetamines and alcohol. You can imagine the arguments between him and his dad got, like, a lot worse. Yeah. Did his parents know that this was happening? I don't know, actually, whether the family... Like, no, nothing sourced, like, said that 
his family knew about his bullying in school or anything like that. Like, I don't know whether he... His dad was already, already like, a dick to him, right? So yeah. I highly doubt he'd go up and go, Oh, dad, I know you, like, beat me up and yeah, whatever. Yeah, true. He's already going to do I'm it. getting bullied. Help me. You know what I mean? I really... Like, it's messed up. Yeah. And I say he felt like he had no support system whatsoever. True. There was one instance when they were having these heated arguments where Butch actually pulled a gun on his dad. Now, he didn't shoot him. He just pulled a gun out. Okay. And pointed at him. Butch was also employed at his family's dealership, but he barely was ever actually at work. Like, he was employed there, and he would just kind of come and go. Yeah. As he, as he felt. So even though he had this job, he, like, was barely ever actually at it. Yeah. Because he ended up spending most of his time doing drugs, drinking, he'd get into fights, and then obviously he'd be arguing with his parents as well. Yeah. So we're going to get into the actual case and what happened. Around 6.30pm on November 13th, 1974, DeFeo, so we're talking about Ronald DeFeo, he was 23 at the time. Which one? Ronald DeFeo Jr. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say Butch and Big Ronnie. I think yeah, that, that I think that makes sense. it just easy. Right, I mean, yeah. like Ronald DeFeo Sr., Ronald DeFeo Jr. Yeah. It's like, just, that's a tongue twister. From here on out, it's Big Ronnie and Butch. Big Ronnie and Butch. It's around 6.30pm on November 13, 1974. Butch entered Henry's bar in Amityville. So he walked in, basically started screaming. And this is a quote. You got to help me. I think my mother and father were shocked. So obviously he goes in and causes okay. the scene. So a small group of people that were like in the bar at the time, seeing him. And he was like, you need to come and help. And then basically he ends up gathering like a little group of people. And then they all go back to his house. Okay. So when they went back to this house, he refused to go in. He was like, I'm not going in there. Like, go in, see, I yeah. can't I can't go back Well, that's in. what... Yeah. yeah. Understandably so. Understandably, he was like, yeah. I, can't, I can't deal with this. Did anybody call the police? Oh, yeah, they did. Okay. But in the meantime, you know, I suppose yeah. this was the 70s as well. Like, I don't know. I don't know. People just didn't think about, like, crime scenes and stuff. Yeah. Like, everyone just kind of barged into the house. Yeah. So immediately any crime scene was non-existent at this point because it was like contaminated to bits. Because like this group of people from the local pub, half twisted, just yeah. like strolling <laughs> the house and look at his parents' dead bodies apparently, right? <laughs> I don't know, a bit strange to me, but hey, whenever I suppose 70s might have been a weird time. They went to the house and when they went in, they did, you know, confirm that his parents were dead. So one of the guys in the group was a man named Joe Yeswit and he was one of Butch's friends. So he was the actual person who ended up calling the Suffolk, oh my days, I'm never going to be able to pronounce this, Suffolk County Police Department. (laughs) Anyways, they're local. Suffolk. It sounds like I'm saying Oh my God, I thought I could say it and then I tried to. I know, like the second you go to say it, like it's so common. I never said it out loud before. Anyways, they're local counties police department i'll just phrase it like that because i give up so obviously they end up searching the house and when they went in and actually searched the house they found out that not only the parents were dead all the kids were as well what yeah the only person that was living from that family was butch the victim were ronald senior big ronnie his wife louise they were about 43 at the time don was 18 allison was 13 mark was 12 and John was nine. Oh my god. Yeah. All of the victims were shot with a rifle around three o'clock in the morning of that same day. The parents were both shot twice, but the children were only killed with one gunshot. So it was only the parents that were tw- shot two times. Okay. This is really sad, this next bit. So there was physical evidence when they, you know, looked into all this. Suggested that Louise, so the mom, and her daughter, Alison were both awake at the time when they died. But all the victims were found lying face down in their beds. Butch was the only person, like I said, who survived. So he was taken to local police station 
for his own protection, right? Because initially he was like, it's the mob. Yeah. You know, the mob was obviously like a huge thing during that time. Plus Long Island. Yeah. You know, the mob is like very common. <laughs> around. Ar- around those parts. Yeah. So he's there telling police like it's the mob. Like, you know, they must went after him at that dealership. Like, I don't know. He was making up all types of shit. He was saying all types of things to these people. And he was like, yeah. you need to help me. You need to protect me. So initially the police grabbed him and brought him back to the station literally just for his own protection in case the mob came back to like finish off the DeFeo family. Okay. When obviously he was brought in, he was questioned as well, right? They were talking about the whole situation. They were like, what happened? Tell us what happened. So he was saying that he was at work all morning and then met up with some friends in the afternoon. So he was not home that day, essentially. Like he left for work in the morning. As far as he knew, his whole family was asleep in bed. Went to work, went to hang out with a few mates, and then went to go back home, found their bodies, ran to the local pool, which is literally just up the street, because it's like a very small area. Yeah. Ran up to it, screaming for help, because his parents had been shot, right? Okay. If that's not the true story, it was a very well thought out one. Very detailed. Like. Very detailed, yeah. No, I have to say, it was. It was quite, like, create up there. Yeah. And plus the fact that he went into, like... The, the whole reaction and... Yeah, like, apparently he went in, like, screaming bloody murder, like, yeah. distraught, like, completely, like, somebody who's after losing his family to the point where random people just got up and were like, let's go see what this fella's freaked out about. Yeah. So, but, like... Very convincing. At the same time, like, did they not have neighbours? So, it's like, it's like something out of a film. Like, mm-hmm. the start of a horror film, That's you why know? this became a film. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Some kid just comes in to the pub yes, screaming bloody yes. murder instead of calling the police himself or if he's that freaked yes. out knock on your neighbor's door why go bursting into a pub and be True. like hell i suppose well I, I, i'd imagine right okay this is something that i literally just thought of on the spot so obviously back in the 70s like cell phones weren't a thing like mobile phones True. were not a thing so you would have had to stay in the house ring on the landline from the house where your parents are also i'd imagine at that point if he was gone for the whole day he doesn't know it's the intruder still in here. Yeah. Could they be... If, if it was somebody looking to get the family, could that person still be lurking around, waiting? Yeah. So, I can kind of get why you would go and run to, like, the busiest place that you can... Fine, you can go knock on a neighbour's door, watch the neighbour's eye. Yeah. If you go to, like, a local pub, bar thing, where you know that there's always, like, people around, and that's just kind of like the local gathering spot... You kind of would go somewhere where there's loads of people and be like, help, help somebody, like, you know, yeah. whatever. That's just my opinion anyways. Well, like, I mean, that's how no, I would that's rash- true. Yeah, myself. like, it makes sense, but... Yeah, at the same time. At the same time, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Bit of a drastic reaction. Yeah. Respectful. Anyways. The police, from their investigation, found out as well that the bodies, like, basically his family were shot sometime in the early morning... So do you remember I was saying it was around... They, they approximated around 3am. Whoa. So DeFeo... Uh, sorry, Butch would have definitely been home during that time. Yeah, I mean... Where he, he would, where would he be at 3am? Yeah. And it's a, it's a car dealership. Like, you wouldn't be going to work at 2am yeah. and a good hurt. No. You know? That's just... That was the first thing that just did not make any sense. The next day, he ended up getting arrested. Like, they arrested him and, like, we're, like, we're charging you with the murder of, like, your whole family. And straight away, he confessed. I was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. well, I guess, like, but, like, why would you think out that whole story and, like, go into all these details? Yeah. If the first, the first sign of pressure is, like, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah. did it. 
I'll yeah. hold my hands up and admit to it. You found a hole in the story. Yeah. My bad. Oh, you're right. It was me. He ended up admitting that he took a bath after conducting this. He ended up getting changed. And he even gave them, like, detail of where he ended up discarding, like, the evidence. So, they're, like, their bloodstained clothes, the rifle that he used, and the cartridges. Almost five decades later, the whole world still knows about... Yeah. They might not know necessarily about the murders, but about the Amityville yeah. horror. Like, I didn't know this story, but I've heard of the Amityville horrors. And actually, when we were talking about doing this case, I kept calling it the Amityville horrors. Yeah. And then I was like, no, it was an actual real murder yeah. and it was really bad. So just to go into a bit more detail as well, the family members were all shot like execution style oh, at God. close range. So it was like up close and personal. That is so fucked up. Like how, like, okay, he had a really, really bad life. And I get that. And his dad was a dick. But I just can't, like, I can't understand somebody being, like, capable of murder, but never mind murdering your own family. And especially the siblings and stuff as well. Like, that just makes it even worse. Yeah. So after this whole incident happened... A family moved in, so they purchased the house and... Because obviously, the fair went to jail. Yeah. He got sentenced. He was off in prison. A family called the Lutz family purchased the house. They lived in the house for 28 days and then they left. What? They claimed the house was possessed by demonic force. Whoa. And they said okay. they had a lot of, like, paranormal activity in the house. Like, literally, this was, like, their dream house. And after 28 days, they just abandoned it. They that reminds left. me of um, The Watcher. Yes. We're going to cover that case, too. Yes. But watch it on Netflix. It's really, really good. There was also a quote from Butch that kind of ties into this, right? So, obviously, like, the whole thing blew up. Like, everyone was talking about this. So, the media were literally all over this case. Like, there was no tomorrows. There was a lot of interviews and stuff. And in one interview, Butch stated that he couldn't stop. He couldn't put the gun down. And it felt like somebody was inside him moving him. It's basically like somebody was essentially possessed. Like he was okay. possessed. Like something had taken over his body and just was making him do these things kind of thing. That is so fucked up. Yeah. In the original articles, this whole idea that like this possessed man killed his whole family. All of this, like I said, was huge news. And in the actual original articles in the newspapers, they claim like this was like their official stuff that they put down in all the stories. That at 3.15 a.m., so did you ever hear the whole thing? It's like the devil's error. Yeah. 3am. Like it's like all the weird no-no shit. Yeah. Happens was at 3am. Is it 5 past 3 or is it just 3? I think it's like any time between 3 and like, I don't know, just like a specific time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I know it's like mainly in and around the 3am mark. Yeah. A dark figure apparently handed Butch the rifle and told him to kill his family. So like this, this demon showed up in front of him and was like, you need to kill your family now. Here's a gun. Bye. Now... That same night, this is like what people find as like, oh, maybe this is like a possible, this is what caused him to do what he did. So earlier that night, he was in the TV room. Yeah. Which I suppose is just a living room. I don't know why they refer to it as a TV room, but then again, 70s. So, which was on the second story of the house and he was watching a Sidney Pollock film called Castle Keep. Now, I've never heard about this movie. It's from the 70s or probably beyond the 70s from what i did find out from researching the movie is basically it was just some violent movie about world war ii and it was just extremely graphic and considered quite violent oh and a lot of people believe that basically the violence from this movie is what led him to do 
what he did. Yeah. According to like documentaries, news articles, everything from the time. This is kind of how the event, like the timeline of events played out. So he was watching that movie. After he left the TV room, grabbed a rifle, went into his mom and dad's room, shot them both twice. Then he went into his little sister's room, shot her. Went next door into his brother's room, shot him once in the back. Then after he went upstairs and finished his killing spree by killing his 18 year old sister dog. That's a lot. I don't I don't even have words for what that is. Yeah. No, like, it's a lot. Like it's not like you're walking into a room, they're all there, you have some weird lapse in judgment, then you just bang bang bang. Nah, you went on a little walk around the house and got all up close and personal yeah. about it. Obviously we know then what he did next. He then washed off all the evidence, got changed, took all the physical evidence with him and then disposed of that and then went to work. As you do. Casual Wednesday. So I'm possessed, right? And <laughs> This is what I, I just went and killed my whole family, but then the the demon inside me decided, like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go to work. I'm done. I'm done. Let's possess him to go do his job. Yeah, let's just possess. Do you him know what? Like a normal person. That makes now. sense because apparently he was never at work. Remember, so the fact that he was at work goes to show that was definitely the demon. Oh yeah, clearly, hundred percent. So obviously, when he got to work, everyone was like, "All right, Butch is here, but where's Big Ronnie?" You know. Normally it's the other way around. Butch is never there. Yeah. <laughs> Big Ronnie's always there. Butch pretended he was like, I don't know. I don't know where my dad is. I just got ready and went to work like a responsible human being. I live in the same house as him. He's supposed to get up at the same time as me and leave at the same time as me. And but yeah, I don't yeah. know where he is. Have don't a to him. Didn't even think about it, to be honest. Yeah. He didn't finish his shift. No surprise there. He ended up leaving work early and that's when he went to hang out with his friends. His well-thought-out plan was even well more well-thought than you would believe. When he went out to meet up with his mates after work, he turned around and started, like, basically telling them all, like, dude, I can't get in touch with my dad. Like, he never showed up to work. Like, what if something happened? Like, really kind of laying down the foundations of this story. And he was like, I've been trying to get in touch with them. Like, I can't get a hold of them. Like, man, that actually just sent, like, a shiver up my spine. Like, that is, that is so, like, he is insane. If the demons and the fucking possession didn't convince you that this man was insane, this should. And then basically after that, he went about the whole, to set up the scene for like the discovery of the bodies where, you know, he went to the pub, started screaming, help me, help me, I think my parents are dead, la la la, got the group of people to go back to the house, called the police. They went up, but he never went into the house himself. Obviously, because he admitted to this, yeah, that was it. He was, like, arrested. And then the trial began. Yeah. The trial itself began on October 14th, 1975. The trial itself lasted six weeks. And, obviously, there's two reasons why it became, like, huge. Okay. Like, the public were, like, invested in this whole situation, the whole story yeah. of what was going on. So, obviously, just the brutality... This wasn't, like, a common occurrence. Not, like, in this day and age where you're looking back at all these old crimes and, like, oh... Like, you're almost desensitised to half of this stuff. Yeah. Whereas, like, back then, this wasn't, like, something that would just happen on a regular, any regular all day. So, this was, like, a lot. So, obviously, everyone's, like, really interested by that. And then on top of it, the whole weird details about him claiming to be possessed. His lawyer was a man named William Weber. So, he actually ended up building a a case, sorry, built a case claiming that he was an insane man. And he killed his family in self-defence. Because the demonic voices in his head were basically saying that, like, his family was plotting against him. So the demonic voices in his head were like, your family's gonna kill you. Kill them yeah. first. Get them before they get you. Kind of thing. 
Like, that's not a direct quote from the demons in the Feo's head, by the way. see, yeah. But it's like... That's just my artistic interpretation. interpretation of what they are, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then they also got, like, a psychiatrist by the name of Daniel Schwartz, and he supported the idea that, like, this fellow was insane. Okay. However, the psychiatrist for the prosecution, a man named Dr. Harold Zolin, he maintained that even though DeFeo, remember he was like on drugs, so specifically heroin and LSD, yeah, he was also diagnosed with an antisocial personality disorder, but despite all that, he was still aware of all his actions during the crime itself. Yeah. So he's like saying that like while he was committing the murders of yeah. his family, he was like fully aware of what was going yeah, on. Yeah, like antisocial personality disorder isn't going to make you murder no, people. No, So on November 21st, 1975, that was when he was officially found guilty with the six counts of second degree murder. So he was sentenced to six consecutive sentences of 25 years in prison, which I mean, still don't make his wrongdoings right, but... Lisey's kind of paying. Yeah. Well, at least he'll die there. Yeah. No, literally. Like, there's no way he, you know, yeah. wouldn't die in prison, which is great. Until the point where he did pass away, which he did. Obviously, like, throughout his whole life while he was in prison, he tried to, like, appeal so many times. And he tried mm. to get out. But no matter how much he tried, they were like, no. Your little ass belongs in prison. You stay there. To be honest, I'm actually glad, though, that he didn't get the death penalty. Yeah. Because I actually seen, I can't remember what documentary it was on, but I seen a documentary where um, a detective said, like, that the convict was, like, trying to get on death row. Oh, yeah. That happens Because, quite a bit. like, they're, they're all, like, they a family her. there because, like, they know that's where they're going to die and, yeah. like, they like it there. So, I'm kind of glad that you just kind of had to rot in a cell. Yeah. No, me too. Definitely. He did rot in a cell up until the day he died, knowing that like he wasn't getting out no matter how hard he tried. No. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> but one of the like creepiest things about this case is that his actual motive still remained a mystery. Yeah. So he claims it was demons. But. Till the day he died. But nobody really like knows for sure. It's a mystery. But there are a few kind of like opinions. Okay. There's some stuff, there's some mysteries that we're going to go through now in a second. So we obviously know, like I said previously, that Butch and Big Ronnie did not have the best relationship. So people think, like a lot of people are like, right, that's that's his motive right there. Yeah, but why the rest of the family? No one knows. That's what I mean. Like there's still so many like questions up in the air that people are just like, I don't know. Yeah. There's a couple of controversies as well surrounding this whole case. The biggest mystery surrounding this case were the authorities still had no idea how all six victims were found face down without any like obvious sign of a struggle, right? This was a rifle he used. Yeah, close range. Close range. The two parents, so think about specifically Louise and Big Ronnie. Yeah. They were both asleep in the same bed what so how do you shoot one of them at close range and the other person doesn't wake up does now they claim that louise probably ended up waking up but i don't know whether he moved the bodies maybe or i don't i they'd know because there'd be blood everywhere i i don't know unless what i thought initially was maybe he, he he was a big drug user maybe he drugged them and moved them before he killed them 
We're gonna look into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tata you're was, very good at this. Tata's you're a like, genius there you for are a minute. Genius, so, I mean, you're predicting a lot of stuff here. <laughs> um, he did actually turn around and say that he drugged them. Oh, okay. <laughs> the fair did. Because obviously they were like, dude, like, how, how did you manage this? And he was like, I drugged them all during dinner. They're saying that their deaths happened, like I said, roughly around 3 a.m. So that would have been a very long time for them to be under the influence of these drugs. Yeah. Like, they would have worn off by then is what they're trying to get at. Yeah. Like, for them to be in such a deep sleep, they would have definitely worn off. Also, when they did autopsies on the body, they couldn't, oh, find, sure, yeah. they couldn't find any evidence of any sedatives or any type of drugs in their system that could have caused them for this to happen. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's, it's an old house as well, right? Remember, this house is like an old house. It's not like a new build. It's not like proper insulated with like noise. Yeah, canceling. people would have heard. Like, if you think about an old house, like you yeah. hear everything through an old house. Unless, although you'd still hear a silencer. He didn't have a silencer on his gun. What? There's no evidence to show any type of silencer. He did not use them. He did not own them. There's no silencer on the gun either. So it was loud. I've never heard a rifle in real life. I'm trying to think, like, have I? I don't think I have. No, I don't think I have. Have you ever? I heard no. a shotgun in real life. What? Down the country. Oh. Yeah, they were, like, hunting, I don't know, something. And they were shooting rifles. Not rifle shotguns. The army. Wait, is a rifle and a shotgun the same thing? I don't think so. No. Oh, my God, imagine it is, and we're going to sound so stupid right now. I mean, what are we supposed to know about guns? Really I know. What do I look um, like? Guns aren't legal here. No, so. also true. And though he didn't use a silencer, none of the neighbours claimed they heard anything either. That is so weird. I know. And like, this was a very quiet community. This wasn't like they were living in like... A rough area where or like, like a place where there's a lot of noises. Yeah. And you just hear a gunshot and you're like, all right, that's not... I suppose it was in the US, so maybe, but... The community itself, yeah, like around the area where they lived in particular, around Amateville, it was like chill. Chill, yeah. Chill, yeah. Like there shouldn't have been... It would be where we would have lived. Yes. Exactly. So just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. Now, when Butch was arrested, mm-hmm. and you know, towards the very start, when just after all this happened, he started asking the police, now mind you, he was 23, I don't know how to do this stuff at 25 years of age, right? I would have known two years ago at 23. Yeah. He started asking the police, like, so how do I go about claiming my dad's life insurance? What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if my dad has life I insurance. I don't even know what life insurance means. <laughs> Would you stop? Let alone, let alone whether my dad has it. Let alone how I'm going to get my hands on it. But obviously, because the fact that he was, like, speaking about stuff like that, another possible motive is that he was trying to claim off his dad's life insurance. Yeah. That Which I mean that makes too. sense. It does make sense. Yeah. By the way guys. Sorry if I keep kind of going back and forth. Throughout this. It's like. I'm, I'm trying to it's make sure. It's a very sure back and miss- forth story it is, though. It is. So if we're kind of jumping in between. Like oh this happened. This happened. It's because I'm trying to include all this info. Make sure I don't forget anything. So I'd rather say it just slightly later. Than not say it at all. If that makes sense. Anyways. So. To make the case even worse. Throughout his life. Butch gave like multiple versions of how this whole thing played out these were kind of like i like to call his excuses <laughs> okay in 1986 butch claimed his sister dawn killed their dad and then their mom killed all the kids and then dawn apparently then killed their mom and then killed herself but, but 
It does. That literally makes absolutely zero sense. How? But how? <laughs> and you can leave all this story in because I think it's justified. How would she? Uh, and how would the gun go missing and there wouldn't be evidence that it was a murder suicide like that yeah i feel like and a, a rifle that's that's a heavy ass gun yeah. like you're not gonna but it's shoot. a long one as well yeah, yeah, yeah. this is kirk Cobain all over again. i mean people people do kill like it is it's not unheard of for people to i don't know about a rifle but i know a shotgun that has a long barrel too but it just it does not make any sense right i just bs straight away i just want to read these out like i'm not going to go into all the detail of them yeah because we'll be here for ages listening to just a load of sacks and i don't want to waste your time or mine yeah. <laughs> going through this but just to kind of give you an idea of what a colorful imagination this fella has he also claimed another time that basically he actually committed his sister sorry he committed the murders with the help of his sister and two of her friends because apparently he claimed that his parents wanted to kill him and then he got his sister and her mates to help kill his dad and then the rest of their family and then he turned around and then killed his sister and the two mates i don't know what happened to them was once again it makes absolutely zero sense and then yeah so they were like the two main conspiracies conspiracies oh, well, no, no they were just his excuse that, that was his excuse that was like oh no this happened like his version of events because yeah. at this point and this is like the messed up thing as well the likes of like his family obviously aren't there to defend themselves or say oh no it wasn't this but obviously the evidence the yeah. evidence speaks for it all no he thought he's being slick by hiding it this is a segment we call ronald's stupid excuses yeah bullshit excuses after all of this Fortunately, there isn't really much more. Like, there isn't much more answers or conclusions to this. Just, he did die. He is dead now, as we're recording this. He actually died at the age of 69. So, he was quite young. I would say 69 is quite a young age. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, On March 12, 2021. But I found this interesting. don't know whether it's sus or not, but I just thought this was good to say. Um, his official cause of death was never released to the public. What? So he died since now, which is quite young, but we don't know why or how. Or Maybe when. he was possessed. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. And the demon finally was like, nah, we're done. I'm, I'm bored now. We're, we're not going anywhere with you. I can't do any more murders. Let me go possess someone else. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. That yeah. was a really interesting case, though. It was mega fucked up. Mega fucked up. But it was interesting. It was interesting. It gets even more interesting, though. Like I said, briefly touched on it. That shit gets absolutely wild once we get into the Lutz family and the stuff that happened with them. Like, it gets really, really crazy. Yeah. So. I don't know that one either, but I'm going to research that, that one. That's kind of. So the movies are kind of based on both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it gets very good. And as far as I know, they, that's kind of what really blew up and inspired like, like the horror movies and stuff. Like they, it was a novel first, then it became a horror movie. Like most yeah horror movies are based of like novels and even general movies basically it was like with the lutz family and all and their involvement with the amityville house and stuff they ended up involving from the conjuring ed and lorraine warren if you like know yeah. them, they, they no, were actually I know all about they were like them, yeah. big paranormal investigators well we should do an episode on them yeah just them themselves because they like They're have so many stories very very i've also heard apparently they were true frauds like they were they were, or they were proper frauds they weren't legit oh but we'll see. We'll find we'll out. We'll see. We'll find episode. out. Yeah, we'll do the episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of disappointing because I really like the thought of there just being like some badass little paranormal demon hunters just roaming yeah. the earth. Well, they're gone now. Yeah. I think. I don't know. 
Oh, I think they are. I think yeah, they were they were doing adults. Yeah, well, if they, this was in the seventies, like, yeah, true, and they were adults. So yeah, but apparently they got involved as well. They had yeah. involvement, so maybe when we're looking into the whole Lutz family and their story with the Amundsville House, we'll touch on we'll touch on them and their. Yeah. But we'll do a proper episode on them as well. We'll do a proper episode, yeah. Yeah. But we'll touch on them in the next part. They do deserve their their own episode. Okay, so I think that's that's the case. Thank you for listening once again. And we hope you enjoyed. So if you want to like us on Instagram, it's Insane Investigations. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Insane Investigations. You can email us at insaneinvestigations at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you can visit our website at insaneinvestigationspodcast.com. So that's it for today. See you next week. See you or next talk week. to you next week, I guess. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.